0: I'm Elena Becker, and this is PS, the Puget Sound podcast, where I'm talking with members of our community about their Puget Sound experiences. We're recording from Mooneyard Studio in Tacoma, Washington, and today our guest is Alonzo Tirado, a senior and a music education major from Auburn, Washington. Alonzo, good morning. Good morning to you, too. When I asked you if you would come be on the podcast, you said to me that you'd do it, but you had two things to talk about. You could talk about Mexico, and you could talk about music,
1: yeah, I did say that for sure. Tell me what you mean, um, so what I mean is basically my the entirety of my life and what I do is having to do either with music or with my family in Mexico. So I don't have a whole lot of experience or knowledge or expertise on any fields other than music, really.
0: <laughs> uh, t- well, let's make me talk about Mexico first. You okay. were born in Mexico City. Yes. And most of your family is still there? Some of your family is still there?
1: The majority of us, yeah, for sure. Yeah, still in, mo- mostly in Mexico City, a couple other cities in Mexico as well, but for the most part, almost all of them still in Mexico City.
0: And when did you move to the U.S.?
1: I moved to the U.S. July, I think, 18th of 2008.
0: And directly to Auburn?
1: Directly to Seattle, technically. To Seattle. And then lived in Tequila for about a week, and then and then Auburn.
0: And why Auburn?
1: Um, mostly because my mom, uh, my mother's chose that area for the, for the schools. Um, she actually did a bit of research on, on some of the schools in Seattle and in Auburn and in the Washington area. And she found that Auburn was close enough to Seattle with good enough schools that would make a, would make a good, uh, living, a living, um, city town.
0: And did it feel that way to you, uh, when you got there, were you like, these schools are great or were you like, whoa, Um, this is a lot?
1: Um, it w- definitely was. It was pretty, pretty good for sure. Um, one of the, you know, one of the biggest things that I noticed right away is how different school was here between here and Mexico. Mm. Um, growing up in Mexico, I went to private schools my whole life, yeah. um, mostly because. Public schools in Mexico are very not great. They don't have, they don't provide very good education, unfortunately, and so it's actually a lot more common in Mexico for students to attend private schools than than public schools Mm. than it is here. Um, And but even going to private schools in Mexico, the quality of not only the the schools themselves and the education and the teachers was significantly better here. I noticed right away. Yeah. And it was almost, it was very refreshing. It was almost like, wow, school is going to school is actually really fun. Right. which was a pretty pretty big shock for me. Um, um, so yeah, I didn't I didn't go to any super fancy school when I first moved here. I went to Gilda uh, Ray Elementary, which is a fine fine elementary school in Auburn, and I went to Mount Baker Middle School, which again is a fine school, but it's not nothing super outstanding per se. But even in those schools, I was really really surprised at how much different it was from Mexico City.
0: Had you thought of yourself as somebody who liked school and liked learning before that?
1: Definitely, I would say yes, Um, you know, even since my youth, um, especially part of it having to do with the Hispanic culture. There's always, you know, the pressure of, you know, being a good student, applying yourself. And that's something that i would always done rather sort of um, rather well, even just intrinsically motivated. Yeah. And I've always, you know, been a, been a, I was always a fairly good student and I took school seriously and I took grades and classes seriously. Yeah. Um, so I was already kind of in that on that sort of train. So when I got to the u s, it was easy to sort of continue that that um, expectation of um trying working hard in school and everything
0: and where does the music come in? Is that something you're doing through school? Does that have nothing to do with school?
1: Um, so yeah, actually, music is one of the was actually one of the biggest things that I'm really thankful for going to school here mm. um, music At Puget sound um, well actually in just in the or US in, in general general yeah um, uh, music programs in, in in grade school in um, Mexico are not super super huge not super funded um, so typically you have your you know your typical week music class once a week where you sing songs and do that but nothing Sure but other no than instruments that. really not a whole lot recorder a little bit you know yeah. your, your your standard um R- but yes I, I had
0: a first grade recorder class myself <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh for sure yes yeah um so moving to the US I my first year in school here was fifth grade mm. and that just happened to be the year where you have the opportunity to join uh to join middle school orchestra or middle school uh, band and that was a pretty huge shock for me where I had the opportunity to for free learn a string instrument, right. a wind instrument, a brass instrument. Um, and so right away, I was really, really super excited. Um, it I hadn't had any music lessons or any particular involvement in music prior to that in Mexico, aside from, you know, just kind of banging on my grandma's piano every once in a while whenever I come visit. Um, So I got pretty excited and I went home that day and I said to my mom, hey, mom, like I can I can learn an instrument if I want. And uh, she said, oh, that's really cool. And I said, I really want to learn bass. Mm -hmm. And my mom looked at me and she said, no, you're going to learn violin. And I was like, "Okay, mom, (laughs) Uh, Okay, mom, whatever you say, I'll do I'll do as you say. And so Um, I signed up and I was able to borrow a violin from the school and go to the middle school and do middle school orchestra and I, I, I loved it right away um, from the very beginning from the day that I was first given the instrument that I could borrow I took it home and I opened it up and I uh, didn't put it down all day basically mm. um, and so I fell in love with it pretty fast and I went on to do it in middle school and in high school and I learned other instruments and I um, basically involved myself in music as much as I could all through high school and decided to make a career of it in college.
0: And tell me a little bit about what that involvement looks like. If you're playing a violin, I assume that's orchestras? Yes. Mostly? Yes. What what kinds of stuff were you doing in high school?
1: So um, violin was my first instrument, my primary instrument. So all in school, I was in school orchestra. Um, uh, about halfway through middle school, I was actually given an opportunity to join the youth symphony, and t- the Tacoma Youth Symphony, yeah. which is a fantastic association, um, which was super fun. Um, when I... Right around the time I started high school, I was able to also start taking private lessons on 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 violin. So I was doing all of that as much as I could, um, you know, doing um, school orchestra, private lessons, symphony orchestra, yeah. and all that. And aside from that, um, in high school, because I liked music so much, um, mm-hmm. I decided to also join choir and jazz band. Um, when I was still in middle school, I actually learned to play the drums. Um, I just... Uh went to the choir teacher's room one day and decided to play some music with buddies and there was a drum set there, so I just kind of started playing. Yeah. And I, I guess I wasn't too bad just from the beginning, so I kind of kept doing it and I really started to like it. And then the <laughs> following year, the band teacher saw me and asked me to join jazz band and that's kind of how my drumming drumming really kind of came to be. Yeah. And then when at the end of my middle school experience, I actually got a chance to um, also join choir. Mm. And same thing, I super loved it. And so then um, when I was in high school, I was I was the kid that I was in the orchestra, the choir, and the jazz band all right. four years. So I basically did everything that I could that had to do with <laughs> music. Um, if there was music, I was uh, I was always there um, as much as I could.
0: And as somebody who's not especially musical myself, I'm kind of music adjacent in my life. Uh, I don't often think of the violin, the drums, and vocals. Uh, in the overlapping part of a Venn diagram. <laughs> yeah. But when sure. you play, do you you see commonalities between what you're doing in all those areas? Uh, definitely.
1: I think there has definitely been a lot of influence from, from different instruments and different styles of music to the other. Um, I didn't really... I didn't really uh, get involved into any of these individual instruments in the same way. Mm. Um, so obviously violin started with school and I right. was taking classes. Um, drums just har- sort of happened for fun and the kind of like the garage band type thing where, you know, your buddies have a drum set. So you just start playing. Yeah. Um, and then singing just kind of started on its own. I sort of joined school choir a little bit late and it just sort of came to be that I had the previous musical knowledge that helped a lot. Um so yeah, so each of the different things kind of started in their own way. Also, when I was in middle school, my brother started learning how to play the guitar. And so through that, I kind of started learning how to play the guitar a little bit. Right. So I started doing guitar as well and everything. So um, um so all of them have kind of come into my life sort of in different ways and sort of very different ways. Um, um, but I definitely see, th- definitely there's been influence of each of the different um, musical um, sort of things that I've done in each other Um yeah, like one thing that I've noticed for sure is um, to, to to be sort of rather kind of specific. Um, whenever I play drums, which is you know a percussive instrument, and mm-hmm. people don't typically think of it as a melodic instrument right. per se, um, I find that a lot of the things that I do in the styles of music that I play, I'm thinking a lot about melody and about form mm-hmm. and about um, and about uh, genre in a more sort of overarching way than just than just percussion and rhythm per se.
0: Yeah. Um, so
1: there's been a lot of influence kind of here and there. Um, the singing aspect of my of my musical um, sort of involvements have also definitely involved my violin playing a lot, in the way that I think of of melodies that I play as not just a string that I'm vibrating, but mm. um, sort of a maybe more of a song that I'm singing or a mm. or a melody that I am conveying into an idea, as opposed to just um, just notes per se.
0: Do you write also? Do you compose your own stuff?
1: I do. Yeah, I've actually. Um, <clears throat> Sort of late in my high school years, I got into um, writing music, um, and I really, really, really fell in love with it. Um, um, I st- I started to play a little bit of piano sort of late in my high school years. Um, just for fun, I kind of started teaching myself a little bit here and there so, yeah. that I could, so that I could understand the piano and kind of see how it works. And today I'm not exactly any particularly great pianist, but I can, <laughs> you know, sort of get around the piano and understand uh, the keys and understand um, uh a general concept of the instrument Um, and so I I started um, just writing music for piano um, just kind of making up little things here and there, putting melodies together, putting songs together, putting chords together, and eventually sort of making my own thing. And I really, really fell in love with it. Um, it later transferred to um, um, a passion for writing music for other instruments as well. Mm. Um, for my uh, for my junior violin recital just this past um, spring semester, I actually composed a uh, four-part violin suite Um that I had a bunch of friends of mine play on with me. And it was a super fun experience. I got to combine sort of my love for writing music and my knowledge of violin and my passion for playing all into one, which was uh, really, really, really fun. Um,
0: But also probably a crazy amount of work, right? You're composing a four-part violin suite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It was was a lot of work, but it's the kind of work that doesn't feel like work. You know, I'm just... Doing it, you know, when I have free time, I just love doing it, and I just sit down and write, and it's just a lot of fun. Um, and all the all the hours that I spend doing it don't seem like hours of labor; they seem like hours of fun per se, um, which is really really cool. And then on the on the kind of opposite side of the spectrum per se, as opposed to like composing. Um, I'll say in air quotes, classical music. Sure. <laughs> um, I also have a pretty big passion for songwriting. Um, mm. um, so as part of my involvement in music and especially drumming, um, when I came to Puget Sound, um, I met some buddies who were also really passionate about music and we put together a band. And so we've been playing together for a couple of years now. It's um the band is Forty Eight Degrees North, and we're mostly uh, Puget Sound students and a couple non-students, like my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so we, and so you know, being in being in a band and playing shows and and playing songs, I also really uh, became really passionate about songwriting and writing in a more of a pop style, in a more of a songwriting sense. That has always also been a very very fun uh, fun um, sort of vocation that I've kind of taken on.
0: Who are some of your musical influences for that kind of writing? Who do you listen to or like or feel inspired by?
1: Um that's a pretty big question. Uh, it there's sure there's is. A, there's, a, there's there's quite a few and I I think a lot of my different influences have come have served have served different purposes per se. Um some um, really kind of big classic ones, um Queen. I'm a sure. huge fan of Queen. Um so like songwriting and like styles and things I've taken a lot from that. Um I've taken a lot of influence actually from a lot of the classical music that I really love. Um, um, Johann Sebastian Bach, uh, the Baroque composer, has always been my absolute favorite composer. So a lot of his sort of melodic ideas and sort of chordal progressions that he uses have sort of um sort of loosely kind of taken and used and sort of played around with in writing writing music as well. Um, I will admit I'm a huge fan of the Jonas Brothers. Honestly, mm-hmm. so that is they're like, back. <laughs> it's a good time to back. be a huge fan it's, it's, of the Jonas Brothers. Yeah, they're <laughs> back. Um, for the time that they weren't together, um, Joe Jonas was in that band DNCE, which was super fun. Um, I loved their music. That was a huge influence for me as well. Um, so yeah, I think I, I take a lot of influence from like the sort of the pop culture modern, you know, pop music, um, as well as some, you know, classic stuff, um, Queen, uh, The Beatles, um, uh, Goo Goo Dolls, and then also some really, really old stuff like um, Baroque music and um, Mozart and Bach and such.
0: Which you're all sort of rolling into your writing, not just for the quote-unquote classical music, but also for 48 Degrees North.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I find that it all... There, I find that there is a, um, there's a way to put any influence into everything. Mm. Um, as little or as big as it may be, um, I, always, whenever I, I always become really, really excited when I can find a way to use something that I've learned in a very different style yeah. into something that I'm writing.
0: Like what you hear? I'm Tori Henson, Assistant Director of Admission at Puget Sound, working with students in the Mid-Atlantic and the San Francisco Bay Area, as well as all of our transfer students. If you have questions about becoming a logger, email us at admission at pugetsound.edu. We'd love to connect. What is sort of the split on your writing between you sit down to write a song and you just grind it out, right? Like you're just sitting down and working and putting pen to paper. And how much of it is like you wake up in the morning with something in your head or you have a lightning strike of inspiration and you're like, I got to write this down. I got to get a tape recorder. <laughs> um, uh, it kind of
1: depends. I mean, it's it's really, it really, really sort of depends. Um there are times where it's as you say, I you know I just I just get an idea in my head, something I hear something or I something happens in my head and I get this idea. And then I'll take that idea, as small as it may be, it may be a lyric, it may be a melody, it may be a chord progression, it may be just one chord, and um I'll just play around with it until it sort of fruits other ideas, mm. until other things come from it. And then, once those other ideas come, then the sort of the grind starts where I have to start figuring out which ideas work together, what the sequence is going right. to be, what's going to sound good together. Um, but there are definitely times where I where there there have been times where I set out to um to to write something where I don't necessarily already have an idea or an inspiration. And I just sit down and I think to myself. All right, I want to write something today, and I want it to be, you know, to, to be this style or to sound like this kind of thing. And so I'll just sit and I'll sort of play around until until something kind of comes up, something that I like, and I'll just I'll just kind of take whatever I whatever I find and I'll run with it and kind of do the same thing. So there's a little bit of both, maybe kind of a 50/50. Sometimes there is that wonderful idea out of nowhere, and sometimes there is just like let's find something that works. Um, the most, the most recent, um, I think example of that. Well, it's not even that recent, but um, a couple <laughs> A couple of years ago, um, um, I um, I sat down in my living room uh, because I really wanted to write a song. I was super inspired by um, a couple songs that I'd heard on the radio uh, by the group Hey Violet and also by DNCE. Um, that were like just groovy, and it was a really cool style that I really liked. And I sat down on it, and I thought, okay, I want to write a song based on a really groovy bass line. Mm. So I thought, first, I have to come up with a really groovy <laughs> bass line. You know, simple. <laughs> Let's just come up with you know a, a really groovy bass line. So I, so I sat down with my guitar, and I said, even if it takes me all day, I want to just play around with things until I come up with a really groovy bass line. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it took me all day. I kinda sat in my living room and played around with different ideas, different speeds, different tempos, different uh, keys, and I came up with with uh, with a cool bass line. And then from there, once I had that, I was able to 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 try different chords, different melodies, different speeds, different sort of um different styles from that to create a song. Um, fast forward, like two years later, um, within those two years, I sort of pitched the idea of the song to the band. We sort of orchestrated it, added instruments to it, came up with lyrics, came up with an idea, came up with a meaning. And in just back March of this year, we actually re- released our single, it's called Confess, mm-hmm. um, on Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. Um, Is that where people exciting. can find
0: all of 48 Degrees North's music? Yes.
1: Yes. Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, um, yeah, all all the platforms—they're all—they're all out there for sure. So the the latest single, "Confess," which again was just released on March first, really started um, two years ago from mm. from my idea of I want to write something like this, and I came up with a bass line, and then over the next two years, we came up with instruments, ideas, words, um, and it became uh, the song that it is today. Um, which is uh, and sometimes sometimes it works that way. Sometimes it takes two years to come up with a song, and other times when that inspiration just strikes. You know, there's been times that we have written three or four songs over the course of a week. Mm. Um, so just so yeah, so there's a, definitely a split for the for the sort of the grind versus the inspiration.
0: Tell me about how your time at Puget Sound has has evolved you as a musician.
1: Um, yeah, there's definitely been a huge impact in my music not just writing, but also playing, performing, and love um, at Puget Sound. Um, I think one of the biggest things has been the opportunity that I've had to sort of explore my experience and explore my uh, my love for music at Puget Sound, um, which actually, um, within this time, I was able to sort of come upon a sort of a realization about music that I had never really thought about before coming to Puget Sound, which was that... Um, I think the reason why I love music so much and why I love to do it and why I choose to write and why I enjoy it so much is because I've discovered that for me, music is the most, um, it's really, it's the most sincere form of emotional communication that Mm -hmm. I think humans can produce. Um, which I know sounds like a sounds like a bunch of words. No, um, se, I, bu- but, um, I buy into that. Um, but I think, you. yeah, I think the arts. I think this is why the arts are so important because I think they can create a form of communication that are so much more powerful um, than anything else. I mean, you know, all the arts. You know, if it's poetry or visual art or sculptures or or music. Um, I think they can really create something really unique. Um, for me personally, this is just uh, like my opinion. I think music is the most sort of the most sort of ever-present powerful way of communicating those emotions. Um, I find that there's music that I've heard in the past that um, can create such heavy emotional responses in me more than any words that anybody would say or any painting that I've ever seen, um, ever have. And I think it's so unique that uh, two different people can listen to the same piece of music and have equally like um, equally powerful emotional reactions but that can also be completely different. Um, the way that music has a way of triggering memories, um, creating um, creating emotions making you feel certain things that the composer has felt um, and just creating those relationships across across decades across cultures, across continents um, is such a unique and very beautiful thing I think. And so it was, you know, during my time here at Pidget Sound that I got a chance to sort of really sit down and think about that and think, wow, like, this is like music is something that people can use to to say so much in such a beautiful way that can be interpreted in so many different ways and still be equally impactful regardless, I think.
0: Do you feel a sense of responsibility as a contributor to that tradition?
1: Um, In a sense, yes, yes. but I think it's not so much a sense of responsibility that I feel, but more of a sense of opportunity. Um, like I, I have the opportunity, like I get to contribute. I get to share um, thoughts and ideas and emotions through this um, art. I, It's something that I get to do that I'm really passionate about, that I'm really lucky that I get to do. Um, um, but yeah, for sure. I mean, I think... You know, we can always you know a, a topic that I think can be re- related to anyone is the way that we think of you know huge historical uh, musical figures um, that have made huge impacts in music. Um, you know, we sort of thank them for um, for the impact that they've had, the 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 um, um, the the uh, cultural sort of um, masterpieces that they've created. Um, And it's almost like we can imagine what it would be like if those ginormous um, uh, musical figures hadn't been there, hadn't created the art that they had. Um, So it can almost definitely be seen as a sort of a responsibility. You know, if you have um, if you have this gift, you know, it is your responsibility to to share it with the world, I think. Um, But I but I, I, I think I do see it more for myself as an opportunity, as something that I get to do, which is really, really cool.
0: Alonzo, we are concluding all of our conversations with the same four questions. <laughs> okay. Question number one is, what's your favorite place on campus?
1: My favorite place on campus? Um, you never would have guessed the music building. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, I really, really love the music building. Um, you know, its resources, the people there, the professors, um, the environment. I think it—it it really, it's really a, a really unique place, I think.
0: What are you reading right now?
1: Um, actually, I just started reading a book by um very famous bass player, Victor Wooden, who has actually played here on campus. It's called The Music Lesson. Um, I don't know a whole lot about it because I just started it, but it <laughs> has to do with the way that we teach music, the way that we see music, and the way that um, music sort of influences our culture, I think. yeah.
0: What's the best place to eat in Tacoma?
1: Best place to eat? Um, there's a lot of really good ones, honestly. <laughs> I really like the Ram down mm. at the waterfront. Yeah. Um, I really like them because they have the best bread pudding I've ever had in my life, and it is absolutely delicious. That's a good endorsement. Yeah.
0: Bread pudding at the Rams?
1: Yeah, highly recommended for sure.
0: Okay. And lastly, what makes Puget Sound special?
1: I think uh, what makes Puget Sound really special is um, the opportunity that it provides for really unique connections and and relationships. Um, One of the biggest things about going to college that I've realized is that Um, I think college is not so much about learning the information out of textbooks and, um, you know, reading the same books as every other college student. But I think um, the connections and the relationships that you create in college set you up for really the whole your whole life, the rest of your career, the rest of your um, endeavors. And I think um, Puget Sound is a really special place because it creates it it fosters such uh, an open and unique environment for creating the most profound and long-lasting friendships and relationships and uh, connections, I think.
0: Alonzo Tirado, thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you to our guest and to you, the listener. You can follow Puget Sound on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at univ, U-N-I-V, Puget Sound. And we hope you'll join us next time for another episode of P.S., the Puget Sound podcast.